Woods. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good evening and welcome to episode 305 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz. It is the biggest racing day of the year, at least in my opinion. Bigger than the Derby, it is Breeders' Cup Saturday, and we're going to be previewing it like a glove tonight, all nine races, with a lot of our wonderful co-hosts here on the show. I cannot wait to bring you all of our fantastic opinions, analysis, and handicapping. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. And ladies and gentlemen, we crushed the 3,000 subscriber mark today. Way to go, everyone out there. We cannot do it without you. We are so proud. We are now over 3,000 subscribers on YouTube channel. What are you waiting for? Let, let's let's make it four, five, and 6,000. Hit that subscribe button. Also, hit the notification bell. That way you'll know when new con content will arise and smash. I mean, smash that like button. We've already got a bunch of likes. We need a hell of a lot more. You can... Reach me on X or Twitter. It's right there, at H. Kravitz. And the, and the Twitter handle is almost at 2,000 um, follows. So please follow us on X. We want to go way over that 2,000 mark. And, of course, you can email me, hkravitzhorse, at gmail.com. It's going to be scrolling at the bottom of the screen. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Now, we've had a lot of fantastic shows this week. Let me show you where all the shows uh, that you can find us. You go to our YouTube channel. We're bringing up right now. You go to our YouTube channel. Just go to the YouTube search bar. Type in HHH Racing Podcast. There you see we're over 3,000 subscribers already. Let me make this a little bigger so people can see. There you go. Over 3,000 subscribers. Scroll down. There you are. Breeders' Cup preview shows. We I just put up three shows late last night from Benton and Boozen. The Saturday pick six and the early pick five for Friday and Saturday. The Benton and Boozen boys did a great job. You can see all of our shows. Make sure you click this back arrow and you see more shows. Larry Colmas interview, pre-entries. This is a great show right here. The international entry preview of Davey Lane. Please check that out. Aiden O'Brien, almost 7,000 views right now. We had Aiden O'Brien live and then, of course, the great show to kick off Breeders' Cup with Cody Dorman and family. It's just a, it's been an unbelievable week plus here and our numbers have been absolutely huge. We cannot, again, thank you all enough for all your support and please spread the word, especially if you're new to the channel, spread the word because of course we got a lot of fantastic stuff to talk about after the Breeders' Cup. Speaking of that, we will have a Breeders' Cup recap show next Tuesday night, 8 p.m. with stories of the Breeders' Cup 2023. Hopefully, a lot of good betting stories. Also, very quickly, let me bring up our power picks. And folks, you do not have a lot of time. Uh, tonight, Wednesday midnight, is the hard uh, deadline to buy Breeders' Cup power picks. Here's our website, hhhracingpodcast.com. Uh, let me bring up the banner for that very quickly, if I can find it. Up oh, there it is. There, there it is, hhhracingpodcast.com. Here's a website. Click on the top. Breeders' Cup only power picks. There you go. We also have regular power picks as well. 
through Patreon. People should check that out. But again, you only have till midnight Eastern time tonight for the Breeders' Cup Power Picks. It's a hard out. We've got to get those out tomorrow morning so people can handicap. So please, uh, if you're interested, sign up before midnight Eastern tonight. All right. I think that takes care of one more thing. Instagram, Instagram.com backslash HHH Racing Podcast. Uh, please follow us on Instagram. All right, here we go. Let me bring on my fantastic co-hosts who've been doing yeoman's work, uh, really not just this past week, but for a year and a half. And, and this show has exploded uh, in part due to their help and expertise. Let me bring them on right now. First, from the East Coast of Maryland, fresh off, I believe, a trick-or-treat expedition with his son. Let's bring him on, Pete Visco, and from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and the Saratoga Special, and live from, I believe, either Pasadena or Arcadia or somewhere close to Santa Anita, Paul Halloran. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Breeders' Cup Saturday, baby. Let's go. Yes, Altadena Town and Country Club in Altadena next to Pasadena. Very nice. Fancy pants. And hats off to them. I, I pled my case. Some poor woman said, can I help you, sir? I said, yes, I need a place to do a podcast, please. <laughs> so nice. they, they cleared out a room for me. There was people wow. working in here. They actually set me up, and uh, I'm going to go uh, as long as I can. You look it's like nice. an angel. Look at you. You got the lights behind yeah, well, you. Well, you know, Pete, that's, 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 that's the way I look, Pete. That's that's me. <laughs> He's got the, the natural glow off of the oh, – no, forget it. No yeah. hat yeah. today. He's you going know, yeah, well, I'm a, nice. formal, formal affair tonight, Pete. There you go. I I'll move it. your camera down just slightly. Uh, that'd be great. So, guys, we got a lot to talk about here. I don't want to waste any time. No real big news that I saw today um, other than I saw I, – I didn't – I've been I haven't been able to watch the morning shows, guys. I have something called work. I'm a full time uh, high school math teacher. For those people who don't know, I have no idea how I survived the last eight days between that and this podcast. Um, I'm working on very little sleep, and will continue to do so through probably Sunday. But um, Ushba Tesoro, from what I heard, maybe you guys saw, went to the gate, acted better in the gate. Was there quite a long time for a schooling session? Either one of you, did you see it? Any? intel for the classic you want to share with that horse in particular i didn't see it but i heard that and i think the uh time to work uh oh yeah he's back sorry paul you just went out in and out there yeah i'm so at the mercy great of... spot they found pete for him there hey and... i'm at i'm at the mercy of the wi-fi can you repeat that real quick paul yeah, I believe they he also had somewhat of a timed workout after the gate how did I think Actually, right before the gate before okay yeah yep yeah Yep. Okay. Um, thankfully, no, no bad news no. because we've had. Well, no. Did you go rocket ride past? Did you not did see that? Yeah. No. Is that official, Pete? Because there I was think, a. Yeah, it was like a false... in the chat. No, there was okay. a false. There was a false yeah. announcement. Then they. Then he did. They, yeah. They retracted it. DRF retracted their announcement. And then he and did. Then, yeah. And then he actually did. And then Bobby Knight for all Indiana yes. fans that they're throwing in the yeah. chat as well. So, yeah. a couple couple sad notes today. Okay, but... I, I go rocket ride. No, there was a false report. I greatly apologize to everyone. That is not. No, good. that's okay. Because I think everyone was confused because of the false yeah. report. <clears throat> Excuse okay. me. And the retraction. Right. Well, Bobby Knight's all their conversation. I went to IU, guys. I was there for the last uh, run of Bobby Knight. I don't – well, that's for another time. But anyway, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, unfortunately, there were some, some bad news today. But, guys, 
we're not here to bring bad news. We're here no, to talk let's about the wonderful day that is Saturday of Breeders' Cup at, at an unbelievable locale in Arcadia, California. Guys, let's bring up a few comments from the chat real quick. Robbie Courtney's here. Look who Robbie Courtney met. Marshall Graham in the hotel lobby. Wow. He'll never wash his hands again after shaking hands with the, with the professor, Marshall Graham. Robbie, thanks for uh, joining the show. Uh, we have Terry Franks in the chat. Look at look at Johnny. Johnny, Johnny, we love you, buddy. His new favorite podcast. Johnny, please bring some other people along. Thank you, Johnny. We really do appreciate that. Hopefully, you have some friends who are going to feel uh, the same way. We got Mario Diaz wanting about more scratches. I have a hard time believing they're going to need too many more. Tanner Hawkins is here. Good evening, gentlemen. Gary Caloroso. I look forward to seeing you guys at San Nita. I'll be there both days. Pete's not going to be there, but I will be there, and Paul will be there. Paul's already there pretty much in California. I'll, I have a very early flight tomorrow morning. Ed Morales, hey, guys, let's go get him. Totally agree. One of my favorite uh, new chatters, Suki Satsuki 232, the Black Dragon. Rest in peace, go rock and ride. We agree. It's just, just <laughs> a real, real damn shame. Um, all right. I got a lot of people. Bring up Suki's. Guys. Bring up the most recent comment from Suki. It's very flattering um, for us. There's a zillion comments. It's the oh. most recent comment. Oh, there this one? No, no, the more the more recent one. Oh, it, well, he said, let's go, Ushma. I agree with that one. Uh, I don't <laughs> I don't know why, but watching <laughs> old men. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. Suki. Ouch. I, we're, not, I, we're not old. I mean, I can't speak for Paul, but I, I mean, resemble I resemble that remark. <laughs> well, I think Ouch. we all do at this point. Well, you know what? I, they can call me whatever the hell they want. If they think we're wise, it's all good as far as I'm concerned. You got anyway, it. Man. All right. <laughs> Let's go ahead and uh, talk, guys. We got nine races to go through. <laughs> now, for everyone at home, we don't want the show to last three hours. I know right. a lot of you probably at home have done at least preliminary handicapping. Frankly, myself, Pete, and Paul have been handicapping literally all year long. <laughs> to be honest. And we've been deep diving, of course, last few weeks into the internationals and other things. So uh, there's, we're not going to go through every horse. We're just going to go through our picks in general, try to highlight a few things. I mentioned this last night, guys, the rails are going to be down for the first time in several weeks at Santa Anita. Uh, of course, they're going to be down on Friday to watch Friday's turf races very, very carefully, ladies and gentlemen, because there may be just maybe a little bit of inner path bias. I'm not saying speed bias. I'm saying inner paths, which are me very fresh. That's something that I'm going to be looking out for. Pete and Paul, real quick, anything you're going to be specifically looking out for on Friday or early in the Saturday races, of which there's two of them, to help you for the Saturday card, Pete. Yeah, no, I think you. I think what you said is true. I mean, I think we want to see how the track is playing. Is it sort of souped up and blazing fast? How's the speed holding? I mean, all the. I think all the general things. But on these big weekends, you know, you, you know, there's there's generally something when you see something early, it, it tends to hold a little longer, maybe on these weekends, just because of the way the track is sort of souped up. Yeah, and I uh, I agree, Pete. I think uh, there, there have been Breeders' Cups, and I don't remember the year, but there was one year where, especially on Friday, there was a real speed bias. Uh, I can tell you that the weather is a 10.5 on a scale of 1 to 10. Nice. It's about 79 and sunny, and uh, you need a Hubble telescope to see a cloud. So uh, we will – you know, you're not going to be able to tell anything, but I will – I will be over there in the morning seeing how it looks. I'm looking very much forward to it. But I think Pete hit the nail on the head. Uh, 
how the track is playing in general, speed versus close. And, and hopefully it's playing right down the middle, right? That's what we all want. Yeah. Yep, yes. Sure. All right. Let's get right to it, guys. We got a lot to cover. Let me bring up the picks for the first Breeders' Cup race. Pete, didn't happen. The first I'm, I'm, Breeders' Cup race yet. of the day. It's race three. Here come our picks. Paul, hold on to your hat. Well, you don't have a hat, but you'll know why. I know. I, I can't help myself with this horse. Uh, <laughs> but we'll t we'll talk about it. There's yeah. our picks. Where you're going to see picks scrolling at the bottom yeah. of the screen. Let me go ahead and bring up the entries for the first Breeders' Cup race of the day. It is the big-ass fans. Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Of course, these are all grade ones, ladies and gentlemen. Notice the post time. That's 11.30 local. So it's going to be, what is that, 12, 1, 2.30 Eastern Standard Time, 2.30 Eastern Standard Time, the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. You got a, a field. Now, this field's going to change because Algiers is out. So it's And be, Practical Move is out. And, of course, Practical Move, unfortunately, is out. So it's going to be a field of seven. The two and the seven are not going to be running for obvious reasons, but people already know. You've got an absolute superstar, the number three, Cody's Wish, making his very last start of his career the sentimental favorite the actual favorite nine to five morning line paul halloran i have to go to you first pete and paul are of course both going with cody's wish and as i go ahead and uh bring up the pps here let me make this also a little bigger for everyone and then i'll bring you on screen also here paul uh as i show the pps of cody's wish and again one more time because not everyone might know your connection quickly with Cody's wish and the family. Yeah, I've been covering the horse and you could see the forego back on August 27th of last year. And I've kind of been on the story since then and fortunate to be working on a book. Uh, the Dormans are on the way to the same function I am at. And uh, yeah, so I've been wrapped up in it pretty good, but it's, I don't want to give away my power picks summary, Howard, because people are paying their hard-earned money for it. But <laughs> I literally just got done writing this up before I came to this event because, Pete, I didn't want to get my homework in late because then I got to stay after school with that pain in the ass, Mr. Kravitz, and I didn't want to do that. So, uh, you know, but we'll talk about the race. I mean, obviously, I think you can make a case that Practical Move was the uh, next most likely winner, the ill-fated Practical Move. And there was a lot of buzz about Algiers, who just scratched last night. So two of the main competition out. Uh, Hey, it's a horse race. He got beat last time. Um, there, there is a way for him to get beat. It's he gets too far behind in a race that's not fast enough. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But if you're, you know, you could talk about Charge at Howard. I'm sure that's what you would be banking on if you're trying to beat Cody's Wish. Well, I'll talk about Charge in a minute, Pete. Is there anything you want to add to Cody's Wish? Now, this is a horse that, you know, it it, it feels like a lot of people uh, are going to try to beat Cody's wish it's it's it is absolutely fair I mean it's obvious just look at the numbers he might not be the same as he was earlier in the year you could say there might be reasons excuses whatever the bottom line Pete is he was running you know mid to high hundreds and now he's running 95 and just an and a 100 um is he, he's been working great he looks great that doesn't necessarily mean anything in particular you obviously feel like he's the the winner of this race though well, I, I, I probably, I leaned, <clears throat> we probably talked about this on earlier shows, but I know I was leaning to where 
aside from the story, he seemed like the kind of favorite you might try and beat because he was probably going to get pretty low. But now the field is just weak. I mean, this is no yeah. better than a than like a grade two at tops aside from Cody's wish in my in my eyes. So I look at this and I'm like, I don't obviously a horse like Zozos or a horse like Charge It could get on the lead, like Paul said, back it down, slow it down. Cody's is a little too far back. To me, that's the only way, but it's going to take, it's not going to take his A plus effort, I don't think, to beat this field. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I think his, I think his A minus effort would, would, would do the job here. A B, a B effort, I'm not sure would win, uh, this race. So it's going to be interesting to see. Guys, I'm going to go full screen here. There are two races this weekend, including Friday, that I hope I am completely wrong about with my handicapping on these preview shows. One race, of course, you guys know is I've shards at Friday in the juvenile Phillies or juvenile, excuse me, in the in the juvenile turf sprint. I have him third, although I think that's pretty realistic. Uh, you know, finish. We all have a, a piece, ownership piece of shards. The other race, guys, is this one. Paul, I want to Cody's wish to win this with all my heart. I probably will not be betting a dime on this race and just watching. But at heart. I'm a hardcore handicapper. And when I look at this race, I just don't know if Cody's the same. And I have to go another direction and forget the nine to five. Actually, I I, I haven't, I didn't do oh. this on the show last night, Paul, and I should have, but I do have some odds checker, oh, yeah. anti-post yes. odds available. Yeah. I'll make these a little bigger. I'll, I'll make this a little yeah. bigger also. And these are going to be pretty accurate right now. Cody's yeah. wish five to six odds yeah. on. I think that's pretty accurate. I think he's going to be, you could be as low as three to five guys would not surprise me. Right. Um, charge it. <laughs> Look, I, I have some weird infatuation with this horse. I don't know why. I hear you, Pete. I could be, this could be one of my worst picks of, of the weekend. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> it might be. I also could be right, and this horse could win it at 6-1. to one. Um, The blinkers off doesn't bother me, only because he's had blinkers off before. I don't usually like equipment changes in a big race, but it doesn't bother me. Guys, he's just been facing the best horses in this field. I don't think anyone's going to argue that. I'm not going to go down the list, but he's faced really good horses. I don't mind the blinkers off. I think he's going to sit right off of Proxy. My personal feeling is he's just as good as Proxy. I don't know if he's better, but just as good. And you I mean just, Zozos, not Proxy, right? You mean Zozos? I'm sorry, I meant Zozos. My apologies. I think he's sure. going to sit off of Zozos, who could win this race too. Strangely enough, guys, I think the key to the race are these two horses. Now, people are like, Charles B., what how are we talking about? I actually placed a bet on this horse last time. He won uh, on the lead in Maidan. He's been working well and fast. I wouldn't be shocked for the eight shows speed. I'm not, he doesn't have a chance to win, I don't think, but I'm just saying he's going to show speed. And the National Treasure guys could really heat things up because I think he has to go. If National Treasure goes, guys, and makes Zozo's work very hard. I don't think Charger will be on the lead. They could go fast and that would absolutely be beautiful for Cody. So in a weird way, I think the eight and especially the nine are the key to the race, Pete and Paul. Any thoughts on pace dynamic yeah. here? I, I agree. A hundred. I think the nine is the key to the whole thing. Uh, it's a speed horse anyway and from that post I think, uh, I think that horse is a dead send from out there and uh, Yes, I, I could not agree more, and I think that will be good for Cody if the because Zozos is fast. Um, yep. You know, I can't get over the interview with Brad Cox immediately after the ACK Act, and they said, "What do you think 
is next. And he said, well, not the Breeders' Cup. So I, I yeah. just don't like it when plans change. I, but if the nine doesn't go with the four, now, you know, he could take some catching. Well, um, I don't think Chargers going to be that far behind. He, he doesn't always break rate. But my main thing with Chargers, and then we're going to move on, guys. We're not going to take 25 minutes of yeah. race, is I think he's better shorter. I know it's two turns, but this two-turn mile, which, by the way, I don't think he's ever done. I got, I'd have to look. I don't think he's done a two-turn mile. Might just be really good for him. So, guys, I'm taking a shot. I want to see Cody's wish win for sure. Is he some kind of cinch? Not in my opinion, but I'll be rooting my butt off for Cody Dorman and the family, uh, you know, uh, Kelly, Kylie, Leslie, the whole group. Let's go on, guys, to the next race of the sequence. I go and push some buttons. We will get to your chats, guys. We obviously cannot get to every single comment in the chat, but please talk to each other quite a bit, and we'll show some comments as we can. Let's go to the next race, guys. The next race is the Maker's Mark Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Turf. I think this is a really interesting race. They're going a mile and a quarter. That's interesting to know. So they start on a slight downhill and then a left-hand turn pretty quickly. You don't really want to be on the outside here. Uh, It might matter a little bit. Uh, It's a little bit underrated. This uh, outside posts are not great going this mile and a quarter. You got a big field of 12. Uh, the Moyline favorite is the very talented Euro number six in Spiral, John Godson, Frankie DeTore, but you also got an Italian on the rail with a lot of speed, Warm Heart, a very nice horse for Aiden O'Brien. Many other interesting runners. Let me bring up our banner. Let me bring up our top picks. There they are. Uh, Pete, we're going to go to you first. I mean, there's no surprise that Pete's going with this horse if you've been following this show all along. It's not, you know, I'm not suggesting it's some kind of a pet of Pete. This is a really, really good horse. In Italian for Chad and Rosario is going to try to wire the field. He almost did it last year, as you guys remember, uh, at Keelan, finishing uh, to uh, second to Tuesday. Pete, take it away. Yeah, I mean, and, and actually, <clears throat> excuse me, sort of what you talked about at the beginning <clears throat> about the rails and, and maybe if there's a, a little bit of an inside bias and then you start down the hill and you take that turn. I think having an Italian on the rail, all those factors might play into her just sort of cruising to the lead. Hopefully this time Rosario, I, I think he should do what he normally does, open her up a little bit. She hasn't been holding, so there's obviously a concern that maybe she's lost a little off the fastball, even though from a buyer standpoint, her last race was was as good as she's had. Basically, it was her lifetime buyer top. She still ran great, but yeah. got run down, even going a mile. But I think going the mile and a quarter, maybe, hopefully she gets the break. She'll get a break in the middle, and then in the lane will kick away. And then there's going to be a ton of great horses coming after her, but I'm hoping that just her on the lead – with that inside rail, maybe there is a little bit of an inside bias on that speedy turf. She can kick away and, and sort of put some distance between her and then see if they can run them down like to like run her down like Tuesday did last year. She's really good. She is absolutely a threat. Uh, people are like, Howard, you don't have an Italian in the top three. No, I don't. Um, but I have a ton of respect for her and she can obviously win this race. Warm heart. And I'll get your opinion on an, an Italian in a second, Paul. Warm heart, uh, Aiden O'Brien, Paul, with you and I specifically said that they're. I, I, I don't. I don't want to put words in his mouth. You can watch the interview that we have with Aiden. He basically said they're not going to let an Italian get free. 
they know that warm that that Anatoly has got early speed. I do not expect Warm Hearts to be like breathing down in Italian's neck, you know, like shoulder to shoulder, uh, you know, in the first turn. But I'm assuming Ryan Moore is going to use, and Warm Heart does have some speed, not in Italian speed. So I think Warm Heart will be just sitting right off of in Italian if possible. The other thing I just want to mention is there is a little bit of other speed. Now you never know what's going to happen. Uh, but Fevrover, guys, who's in very good form, does have some red color-coded numbers, guys. I think Fevrover might show some more speed than people think because, again, for the same reason. Um, and then also Lumer Rock, might, in a weird way, could be the key to the race for Joseph O'Brien. This horse also has shown a lot of speed. Now, it's European speed. I get it. But this horse also might show some speed. So I think an Italian's going to be loose. How would... You never know who you're going to see. You Wait never know. You never know oh who, is gonna, who is going to crash the podcast. Who? Wait, why, why is that guy? Oh, you got to really hear him. Hold on. Let me That's, take these out. Better. So he can't hear. Why does that guy look familiar? Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we have Breeders' Cup 2021 champ, Mr. Matt Miller, in the house. I had no idea he was coming on. Matt, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing terrific. Having a great time so far. Paul, I didn't know you were going to a Rogaine convention. What's going on there? I didn't know that's what oh, was oh, It's not working. Oh. Yeah. It's, 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 Maybe it's the new and improved version. It's, it's the Breeders' Cub version. Anyway, you were saying, Howard, Matthew interrupted you, which he tends to like to do. I try. Yeah, um, so, Matt, Weathers, you've got there safely. Real quick, Matt, we got you on here. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend. I know you're very excited looking to win another uh, Breeders' Cup betting challenge. I, is there anything in particular you're looking forward to uh, the most, other than I think your answer would be shards, I would assume, on Friday? Uh, shards will be a out-of-body, different kind of experience, for sure. I'd say otherwise, uh, look, the spectacle of all these races, I say it every time, you don't have to play every race. These are super, super fun, and so... Even for those you're not playing, have your opinion and enjoy it. For me, the Cody's Wish race is the perfect example. I couldn't be rooting harder. I'm just going to pass from a betting perspective. I understand yeah. multis, you can't really do that. But um, I'm going to just try and pick my spots and otherwise have a good time with friends. Get out here quickly. Yep. Well, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow, Matt. Really excited. I love you, buddy. We'll see you soon. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not moving, so just keep going. Oh, all right. Well, Paul, do you want to put the? Do you want to put that? You guys can hear the show, okay? All yeah, right. yeah. I took the headphones out. Yeah. All right, no problem. All right, we'll just keep going. Uh, and Matt, you're welcome to chime in on. Although you're a little bit off the screen, I don't know if you want to move to your left and maybe cuddle, cuddle up. You got to guys got to snuggle a little concerned. bit. Yes, you got to snuggle. I was very concerned with the aesthetics. Well, you know, nobody cares. Can. No nobody worries. cares but him. Yeah. That's it. There right. we go. Now we got. All right. You. Let, let, let's talk about Inspiral. This is our top pick. Um, myself. And Paul, very, very talented horse for John Gosden and Tori, Paul. Yeah, it, it is. And there's a, a lot of angles in this race, Howard. I'm going to go through them just a few quickly. Uh, first of all, to your point, at Santa Anita, seven of eight winners have been post-position one through six. So that supports your point about the outside not really being where you want to be. Um, Three-year-old Euros can win this race. Three-year-old U.S. horses really don't. I don't think there are any in. Uh, in the other thing is uh, the Euro stretching out is typically a little bit of a better angle than the Euro 
cutting back, which is why I landed on in spiral a little ahead of warm heart. Um, you know, you, but how about you got in spiral with Frankie and warm heart with Ryan Moore, and then you throw in an Italian and I'm telling you, I'm not going to get beat by Didier. I mean, I don't know how much we'll talk, but that is a real horse, Didier. So this, and I just got finished writing this race too. So <laughs> I, I will have nothing to contribute after this, but the two deep dives that you was talking <laughs> on Saturday were these first two races. So I'll sound reasonably intelligent after that. I can't promise anything. Again, people that need help with these zeros, go watch our show, two shows, one with Aiden O'Brien and one with Davey Lane, our international entry show. Now, I asked Davey specifically, who's an excellent punter, handicapper from the UK, about Inspiral, because the stretch out, in, uh, you know, surprised me. I thought she would go to the mile, and I'm slight concerned. Like you said, Paul, these horses can stretch out. She has a wicked close. She is a monster closer, but she's not going to come from, like, 20 back. She She's somewhat tactical and just got a wicked close. I think I, I'm not concerned about the distance with this horse. Frankie's going to time it out well. The reason I don't like an Italian, Pete, in this particular spot is they all know what an Italian wants to do. And I've, although she might go slow early, I have a feeling like, you know, the backstretch, they're going to start moving up. And I just don't think they're going to let an Italian get away with soft, like maybe one soft fraction early, but not two and three. That's my opinion. And I don't think an Italian has seen, uh, well, actually, she he, she has seen the likes of these zeros last year, where she ran very well. I'm just against an Italian on the win end. Uh, my sort of interesting horse in this race is Lindy. I think Lindy is really interesting, and if there's a big upset, to me it's this horse. I was super impressed with Lindy, guys, against Mauge at Keeneland when she was closing like a train going a mile and an eighth. But take a look at Lindy uh, back in Europe. She was a miler. She she almost won the French thousand guineas. She's very good um, facing blue rose Sen, who was a very nice horse out there. I don't love the quick turnaround in general, but I think this horse is very talented and if someone upsets the apple cart to me. I'd rather go with an up and coming three-year-old Paul, like Lindy over a more established older horse like Didia, but I do respect Didia as well. Pete, Final thoughts. You, we've actually covered every horse that we've we've had on the screen. Any final thoughts, Pete? And then we'll move on. No, I think everything we said is about right. I think it's a great race. I think it's it's pretty top heavy with really good horses. But even the the ones on that step below can can I think can hit the board. I don't know if there's a ton of there's some winners. There's some that I think can hit the board, not necessarily on the win end. But I think the three top horses are as good as they get. So we should be be in for just an awesome race as a fan. And not a bad betting race. I mean, you're getting great horses at, you know, even if you get in spiral at five to two, three to one, which she could easily be. I mean, that's a great, that's great value on a horse that's this talented, that's running what, nine straight group ones, I think one, six of them. You're getting a horse at that quality at those odds. I mean, you can't ask for much more than that. There's no way an Italian's eight to one Saturday. Absolutely no way. In fact, I'll go on a limb and say that in Italian might be the second choice over warm heart. Uh, Matt, Matt Miller, you agree with that statement? I'm going to do my best to make that the case. Wow. Nice, Matt. <laughs> okay. Well, send it in Matt Miller in Italian. There you go, uh, Pete. You got new best friend. All the, all the Italian money goes to bookie. So it doesn't count in the actual odds. So we don't, you know, we don't like to, we don't really <laughs> like to bet the legal way. Yeah. It's not in the paramutual pool. No, it's right. in the break your leg pool. That's what that one is. 
<laughs> All right. Well, let's go on to the uh, next race here, guys. Next race, I'm going to bring it up on the screen. Let's take the banners down and let's go to the next race. Uh, this race uh, is not very wide open at all. In fact, there's a horse in here that's going to be very tough to beat, at least in my opinion. Breeders' Cup, Philly and Mare Sprint, seven furlongs for the girls, a million dollars, field of nine, big favorite on the inside, good night, all of the one, Chad and I, Rad. Let's see if anyone is trying to beat this horse. Uh, this is right here. It's race uh, right there, right? Yep. No, uh, race actually, five. I realized I'd race four. Oh, no, that's not the race. What did I do here? My bad. Equibase is correct. The banner is right. There you go. Race five. Okay, my bad. Oh, you know what? I had the races in order on my screen. That's so weird. Okay. Uh, there it is. Uh, woo. Pete is going to try to beat. Uh, Paul, I'm going to let you go first. Yep. Good night, Olive. Uh, the rail is not my you know most favorite spot to be, but this field is just a bunch of math to me in general. And I think good night, Olive. Short of a tough trip, is going to be extremely difficult to beat here. Yeah, you know, one of the advantages of a five-and-a-half-hour flight, Howard, is you can get a lot of handicapping done. And uh, <laughs> I went into this race kind of liking society, as Pete has picked. And, and I still do. I mean, I, I, I really – I can't say I want her at five to two. Um, but after doing the, uh, the proverbial deep dive – Boy, I think she's going to be tough to beat. Good night, all of you. One thing that's important, you know, we know we talk about people getting caught up with ones. She ran the best race of her life last time, putting up a 108. She lost to the otherworldly Echo Zulu. Uh, the race that she lost at Churchill Howard, we were there for that. That's the worst trip of the last, what, 20 or 30 years Ridiculous. of a horse getting. I mean, that was just a horrific trip. Um, this horse ran last time. This, this horse tried to run with Echo Zulu. She ran, uh, and she was just beaten by a superior horse. Um, you know, uh, as Matt points out, Kafefi from the one managed to, uh, to yeah. maneuver. Um, so I, I went into the race, uh, the deep dive, thinking I might try to beat her. I, um, I think I'm all in on her after taking a deeper look at it. This is her last race. Here's Echo Zulu, who was just fantastic this year. And like you said, good night, Olive, into a pretty fast pace is chasing. Matt Araya for Godolphin is right here, who's also in this race. These two pretty much spurred away. But, I mean, Echo Zulu, you look what, look at these fractions, 108 and change. I mean, sure, good night, Olive lost, but I don't think she really lost much in defeat. Oh. That was really a huge effort. And the thing I'm going to say here, Paul, and I looked at this race, well, it's every race very carefully. I'm like, okay, so how can Goodnight Olive lose? Well, it's a horse race, obviously. The main reason I'm against Society, who is the obvious second choice, and again, you're going to hear a broken record for me, can win. It's the Breeders' Cup. These are all very nice horses. I'm sure Pete's going to give an excellent case for uh, Society, which we'll talk about in a minute. Society has to get the lead. If Society does not get the lead, she has absolutely no chance. She's one way. And why I don't like Society, I think there's other speed in this race. Okay. Don't laugh. Clearly, Hinge is not nearly as good, but she has to go. That's all I'm saying. She has to go. You think Bob Baffert's going to rate Ida with blinkers on? She absolutely has to go, and at least in the first quarter mile, might be as fast as Society. So, to me, uh, and Mikel Yell, by the way, has got some speed, but I'm, I don't think she's going to go. To me, the two and three are going to make life difficult for Society, at least at some point in the race. 
I will know, and I think Pete, you'll know too, and I'm going to let you talk here in just a second, and Paul will know in the first three to four jumps if society has a chance. And if she clears Pete, she absolutely has a chance to win this race. Yeah, I mean, if you're picking society like like I have, you're counting on that. So obviously that's not always a guarantee. We've seen it many times where the obvious speed doesn't get the lead, doesn't clear, and sort of doesn't run the race that you expect. The hope here, I think Goodnight Olive is the best horse. I think Goodnight Olive has the best chance to win. Again, I'm taking a shot with if this horse does get on the lead, she's just tough to catch, especially you go in seven. I mean, Goodnight Olive beat her going seven earlier this year, but she did face pressure a little bit in that race. And I'm thinking this time, if she can clear because she's on the outside, so there won't be that sort of outside pressure. So if she can just get over, clear, I doubt the other horses are going to then rush up to get her, at least on the backstretch. So I'm coping that she just can kick away. And then if Goodnight Olive from the rail has a little bit of trouble or whatever, or just isn't as sharp as she has been, maybe she doesn't get the chance to run her down. But to me, it's I like the two top horses. It's not saying much. They're the two chalks for a reason in my book. The other thing, Paul, I want to just push back a little bit with society because, again, she, she's going to be bat hard here. Her two last two wins were on a very speed-favoring Ellis track and a ridiculously speed-favoring Charlestown track. So I, not that Santa Anita is actually going to say, really, what if we have a nice speed-favoring well, Santa well, Anita track? We don't know. Well, then I might need to adjust, right? I mean, yeah. we, don't, we don't know. Obviously, you got you got to go with the flow. But she's been doing on speed-favoring tracks and also, Pete, and you're very – astute with this not a lot of red color-coded figures in her pps which she's been getting away with relatively soft or average level fractions paul i got mad a second and i know you guys got kirschenbach third who actually i I bet last time and won at a nice price usually guys this is a horse i like because there's a lot of speed and she could come up from behind i just don't think she classes up at all and that's why i don't have kirschenbach in here but I think Matarea on a fast surface getting off the rail has some numbers that are maybe interesting if something happens to uh, Goodnight Olive. I'm going to be playing maybe in the BCBC, Paul, a pretty big 1-4 exacta, trying to get a little bit of value underneath uh, not using society. Final thoughts, Paul or Pete? Paul, let you go first in this. Yeah, one. one thing you when you were talking about the speed, Howard, I, I think the nines to keep the nine, I think, is a definite send from out there. And I think that the horse that poses the most problem for society. Okay. So I don't uh, it is Santana, right? I mean, what is he gonna it's, sit? Yeah, it's Santana, <laughs> it's the far outside. And Howard, believe me, I love Matarea. You know, and I I see the argument, and I know she you know she only lost to Echo Zulu and Goodnight All. She has not run very well the last two races, and compared to how she can run, so I mean, look at that's like a dolphin horse. I'll be using her, um, but um, yeah. I I don't see her as a win threat. I listen. I understand it. I don't mind the layoff, and she's been working unbelievably. I, I know these are works, but one eleven breezing. I mean. We'll see. I don't know. I could be very wrong, but society, it looks like it's a two horse race on paper, at least on the win. And I'm going to be, again, not the most clever opinion here. I just think of the weekend and of Saturday, Gunnar Alp is one of the best, most likely winners, maybe even more likely than Tamara on Friday, which I know might sound ridiculous in theory, but not for me. Uh, well, I think personally. the field behind Goodnight Olive is worse 
than the field behind Tamara. I would I would agree with that a little bit. I think there's okay. she may be she may be a little bit further ahead of them than Goodnight Olive is of maybe society, but maybe not. So I don't know. I like yeah. I think on paper I thought Goodnight Olive was going to be the most obvious choice, but why not? All right, let's move on, guys. Let's go. That, that'll be a interesting race. Steve Goodnight Olive gets. By the way, she would be repeating as Breeders' Cup uh, Philly and Mayor Sprint Champion, which would be extremely impressive. Let's go on next race, race six, the Breeders' Cup Mile, one of my favorite races all year long. Although this year it's a little bit weird, and we'll talk about why. Two million dollars. You got boys. You got girls. You got three year olds. You got older horses. It's really a fascinating race. It's a big field of fourteen. And I got to scroll down because the bottom horse is a horse that we all know, but uh, not the favorite. The morning line favorite is the Japanese horse, a very nice mare, number 10, Song Line, uh, the best uh, mare in Japan. One of the best mares actually in the world. She is a monster closer. She's very good. Um, she's a superstar in Japan. Let's go ahead and show our picks here for race six. There they are on the bottom of the screen. Pete, you're going to go first. We are all over the map in this race. Pete is going with Old Reliable. Casa Creed for Mott and Saez, a seven-year-old, eight to one, as we see in the odds right now. All he does is run well. He's won his last, I think, two. We'll go to the uh, PPs here. Pete, you think Casa Creed is going to win the Breeders' Cup Mile? You know, I hate to sound like a homer because I'm basically picking like all my favorite horses in some of these races, but <clears throat> Casa Creed has just been super sharp. And I mean, in a race where you're looking for, I mean, in the Breeders' Cup, you always want some, you want horses that are coming in at their sharpest and they're going to peak right then. And I, I don't know, this horse, he's like you said, he's seven and he seems to be running just as well as he ever has. He has a nose for the wire. If there's anything happening up front, he's going to be coming and he's going to be coming, you know, strong and he's going to be coming with to put that nose down first. And I think Saez will be aggressive enough to keep him. I, I like the last two trips that he's gotten in the past. Sometimes he would be a little bit too far out of it, even three races back, which was sprinting. So he was a little too far back. I love the trip he got in the last two where he sat closer even last race, it was up on a pretty hot pace. He was sitting close, closer, and he's just able to kick by. And he's so game, and he's just, like I said, I hate to repeat it, he has a nose for the wire, and I think he can do it again here. I mean, he's, the song line is super tough, and he almost ran her down last year when they when they faced each other. So I'd like to just see him do it one more time for the old guy. Here he is running down Annapolis, and I, you know, I mean, what are you going to say? I mean, he's just really good. He's done it overseas too, Pete. I mean, he's yeah. I mean, he's gone. Traveler. That's the he's thing. He's gone overseas cool and run really well. So it's not like oh, the the Euros are going to come over and super outclass him. I mean, he's gone over there and and done it as well. So I mean, he's proven. He's proven at all distances. He's proven at all tracks. So there's not a uh, there's not a ton you could say against him. Maybe you don't like him, but. You know, he's he's as good as it gets when you talk about just a sustaining racehorse. I do want to point out for our very astute handicappers, viewers, uh, listeners of the show. Yes, Casa Creed has gone overseas and done well, but those were at six and six and six and three quarters. They were not at a mile. I just want sure. to point that out. Yeah. But he is facing other horses, although he did face Songline last year, who just barely uh beat him, but Songline's better going further. So I just Want to just throw that out there that Casa Creed has done well, 
you know, in the Middle East, but those are six and six and three-quarter races. I love the post here for Casa Creed, Pete, and I love Saez, knows this horse well. We'll see if he can class up against this field and win. It would be an unbelievable story if Casa Creed wins the Breeders' Cup mile. Paul, you're going to go to the six, who I have in third. You really like Mauge. Mauge is absolutely fascinating horse. Uh, one last time on the lead in the QE2, beating Lindy, who I just we just talked about is going a mile and a quarter. She's got back form in Europe that is really good. She's an improving three-year-old, very similar to Lindy, just in a different race here. Uh, and I think she is a serious threat in a race that, frankly, Paul, doesn't have a ton of early speed because usually in this race we see, like, really fast horses, right? Like, at San Anita we see, like, you know, 22 and four, like 45 and two in this race on paper, it doesn't look like it's going to happen uh, on Saturday. Yeah. I really think that was a, a very good prep for this. Uh, the Keeneland race uh, led every step, uh, put up a 99. You got to think uh, that was off a five month layoff. You have to think that Marge is going to very likely going to move forward off of that. Uh, there have been 11 three-year-olds to win this race. Nine of them have been Euros. So, And, and I still count this horse as a Euro, even with the one U.S. start. Uh, Ocean Murphy, we talked about the other night, Howard, I think is as good as it gets over there. Uh, I don't mind the 21-day layoff. If you go way back in our PPs, back last year, June 17th to July 8th, that's about a duplicate of this 21-day layoff. Uh, I think the mile is the right trip. This race is traditionally, uh, typically won by a mile specialist. Um, so, yeah, I, I do like Mudge quite a bit in this race. I have a lot of respect for this horse. I like her. I'm using her everywhere. I don't think she has to have the lead. She might not have the lead. There is some speed on the outside. Again, we're not going through the whole field. There's there's some sneaky speed on the outside that 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 I think Mouch could though sit in a beautiful trip here and that last race that we watched Paul and Pete again was a mile and eighth I'm not sure that's the furthest she's ever gone off a layoff so that was like a tightener and she won it this is a really talented horse speaking of talented guys I thought about who I want to go with the top pick quite a bit and Gina Romantica is the kind of horse that usually I'd be against because it's a, a, a filly with a big top last time. And I, usually I try to bet against these horses. But you know what, guys? I was there in person. This was not a fluke. She ran down in Italian, Pete. I mean, it was super impressive. She got a great trip, no doubt. But Chad Brown has said before that race that he likes Gina Romantica. She's really never been that kind of horse. And then she absolutely explodes. And what I really like about this horse is two things. Number one, well, three things. I like Tyler. I like the the two holes can be perfect because I think she's going to set a great trip in theory. And the other thing I really like, and I think this is something that needs to be mentioned. This work down here, it's a little bit hard to see. This work down here, she's come back out of that race feeling good. The, the first work out of that race was a maintenance. And then she breezed 47. I really don't think, guys, that Chad is, would take a horse into this spot that is tired or can't handle it or whatever. This is very much an in Chad I trust kind of kind of play for me. That doesn't mean she's going to win. Maybe she's going to finish sixth. I don't know. But in a field that is not doesn't blow me away. I love an up and coming three year a four year old. You already talked about the age. I like a younger horse in this spot. I'm going to take a chance with Drew Amansica and Pete. I might get double digits. 
Oh, I think you will just because there's the, it's so top heavy. I think you definitely will. And you wonder with this horse, I mean, I, I I like the pick too. I you wonder with this horse if they just should have been running her like if mile if a mile is what she really wants to do. Now she's versatile enough to run at different distances, but is this mile where she's strongest? And maybe that's what came out last time, and maybe that's what you'll see here. I mean, fourteen. If, if she's fourteen, um, I know Matt Miller looks like he's emptying his pocketbook on. Uh, on, uh, I'm sorry, what horse? Uh, on an Italian, right? Italian. Yeah. I, I don't know about emptying my pocketbook, but if Gina Romanica is 14, wow. Let's talk about Master of the Seas, guys. We have to talk about the source uh, before we move on to the next race. Master of the Seas gets the 14. Paul, you do have Master of the Seas in your uh, top three. Master of the Seas is going to be very interesting here. This is an absolutely brutal post. He might have to take back a little bit further than he wants to. Yeah, I, I I think that this horse is going to get lost a little on the toast board because of that. Bob and I were talking about this. Uh, Bob Mullins is also here with us, Howard. Uh, uh, we were talking about that before we came over. I think this horse is going to get lost a little bit because of the post, uh, but I would not sleep on this horse. The only other thing is this horse runs better off layoffs, and the, the last race – was uh, less than a month ago. So that's a potentially a negative, but also it's a class, you know, we, we up to the mark is the best U S turf horse. So no, you know, theoretically no shame in losing to up to the mark last time. Uh, I will be playing this horse defensively because of the post. Uh, if, if this gelding were in a different post, I would be playing him very offensively. Peter, I'm going to let you end the conversation with some double, uh, digit horses not odds but by the numbers here's songlines pps you have to watch her replay she's just really consistent and really good but she doesn't i mean she's five to two but if you look at her time form numbers they're really about the same as a bunch of others so that's my only hesitancy plus it's a mile at san nita pete i mean it's very trip dependent so I, I like her a lot i'm just i wouldn't take too low a price on her for those people that like this horse no no i i agree with you i think she's probably on the same level with some of the others and 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 you never you know we're we're not always used to the horses that they're running against over in some of the Japanese races so we don't know how strong those fields are and how strong she's going against she does come from the back which which usually means you never know something can happen up front they can get away you can get stuck in traffic you don't have a US jock in some of these where you know, sometimes they're not as used to, I mean, this is a left-hand going horse though. So at least it's not like some of the others who are used to, to going straight, but you just never know. And yeah, I don't think she towers over the field. So I think she's a worthy favorite though. And she's done enough on the world stage to, to warrant the price that she'll be and, and to be near the top of most people's tickets. I mean, I don't think you leave her off a ticket in any stretch of the imagination. No, clean is up and comer from France. who just beat uh, Kin Ross in the pre uh, pre de la Foray, which yeah. is the main uh, a group one in the main prep. Well, not a prep for this race. It's a fantastic race in its own right. She might be improving and interesting. Uh, and has two I'm, wins on on firm turf, by the way, yes, like actual firm turf. So may like the firm when when she comes yes. over. She's got a nice turn foot too. These yes. front horses on this firm turf is going to be fun to watch. I'm going to let you end with more than looks in this race. I was ready to take this horse on top, Pete. I really was. I love, love, love this horse's effort last time. It was unbelievable close at Churchill. 
very legitimate. And I saw her in person, him in person. Oh boy, there I did it. I saw him in person uh, at at um, Saratoga. I was five feet away from him in the in the paddock. I, this pose though is just oh boy. But I think he can make a run late, and if he gets the right trip, he's not impossible to win this race at at, at big odds. No, I mean I have him in my top three. I have him as a as sort of an A. He's an A in my book, so he's on my. I, I have about five A's in this race, unfortunately, but he's on my yeah, top line. It. Yeah, and 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 I, you know me, he's, he's my fa- one of my favorite kind of horses because he's just going to run from the back and he's going to oh, give yeah. it a. I mean, the whole key is though from the thirteen. What does he do? What is what? And Scott Rosario, you never know what he's going to do with a closer. Sometimes he gets him held up. So if this yeah. horse though, that's the good thing though. From the thirteen, he's not looking to to gun out and get a spot. So he's right. can just drop drop to the rail make his run. And hopefully, like you said, there is some pace in here. So if the pace can heat up a little bit, he's going to be coming. I wouldn't leave him out of my tries and my supers for sure. Especially if you're getting them at 15 plus. I agree with what main focus said more than looks just going to drop back anyway. Exactly. I, I understand that maiden, but there's still 12 horses inside of him. There's no guarantee. He's just going to drop to the rail. I mean, that that's a, you know, there's other horses that like to close also. So Dewey fans here likes Kalina. Uh, Chris likes Astronomer, who's one of those uh, horses that does show speed. Chris, um, thanks for joining the show. Again, there's a lot of great things going on in the chat. Let's go on the next race, guys. Uh, next race, as I bring it up on the screen, the girls again. This is the Distaff, a race I've been looking forward to actually for quite a while. Grade one, of course. Field of 11, big bulky field. More line favorite is the number four. Idiomatic for Cox and Drew. She's been absolutely awesome all year long. The big question with Idiomatic, guys, is is she as good as she looks or has she been winning because there's been some soft trips? That's up for the better to decide. Let's bring up our banners on the screen for race seven. Pete Visco, Pete, 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 you cheeky boy. Listen, you and I, let, let's go back, Pete, to a few months ago. Do you remember this? You and I, after Clarier's last race, we were so down and disappointed, and we were like, we can't take Clarier in the Breeders' Cup. Like, And look what happens months later. A few good works, Pete, and really good works, yeah, and, and a bunch of early speed, and bam, we're going with Clarier in, I believe, her last race of her career. Pete, talk about Clarier, a really likable mare. Well, you know, again, I, I, I'm i the broken record. I'm just taking my favorite horses. So it's basically I don't even need to handicap. I just need to look at, you know, look at my favorite horse list and and just pick them to win. And and I could be happy. The one thing I do like, the, the one thing that she's had against her and she's overcome it in some races is she overcomes. They, look at all the blue. I don't think you have it up now. The, look at all the blue coded time form fractions. Yeah. She's generally running into a slow pace. And that makes it hard on a horse. That's basically a one run closer. Also, she's running in short fields. Short fields are a lot easier for a horse to just sort of wire because there's less chance of other horses generally going out with the speed. And you could see that from the pace. Now we get a full field. We have at least three horses whose only shot to win this race and have the talent to do it is on the lead. So they have to go. And the hope is they do. Now, what will wind up happening is only one will go and they'll run around like a merry-go-round. But my idea is let's get some pace in front of her. We get some horses up there that are going to challenge the leaders and she's going to be able to kick to the outside. I got Joel again, counting on him for another closer. And I think she can roll by as long as the works prove that she's still sharp. And those last two 
are sort of aberrations. That's that's the hope. I mean, we always say with the mayors, when they go, they go. But her works are showing that maybe she's just not ready to to give up racing just yet. Well, I mean, let's look at her last two real quick. Okay, she lost to Nest, who was got loose on the lead that day or was up close. I mean, so yeah, that's not that the worst. Okay, yeah. Right now, the last race was bad, and the personal ends, and obviously, maybe she didn't like the track. I mean, the I don't slop, know. The I mean, slop is not... the thing that. Yep, yep, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, not. We talked about the track, Pete. To me, of all the horses I like Saturday, this is the one that I'm most worried about based on the track and the way it plays. Because if speed's playing, I don't think Clarier's got much of a shot. But take a look at this race, Paul. Look at the speed in this race, and you've got a closer also. So, Paul, you sort of agree with us. You're just going with a different horse. Who's your filly? Has blinkers on. Amos well, and Sayas. She's going. Right? She has to go. All but seven, uh, yeah. Idiomatic is not like dead speed, but she's going to be up close. Yeah. Adair Manor is is absolute speed for Baffert. She's going for sure, right? Search results will be a little bit off, but she's not slow. Ra- what is Randomized doing? Not going? I mean, especially with search results in there, guys, as the other Chad. Don't you think that that's even more reason why Randomized has to go and Chad will let search sit a little bit? So, Look, you know, the, the, there's got there's going to be speed in this race. I don't know if it's going to be like two years ago, guys, when Marshall Lorraine won in a complete meltdown at Dalmar, and I was there in person, 41. But I have a hard time believing someone's going to get loose in this race or even win up close. And that's why, Pete, Paul, you're going with a horse that has been really good all year. I won't say under the radar. She's been the best thrilled filly, at least going two turns, other than, of course, the L of faded Maple Leaf Mel, who was a complete monster sprinting. You're going with pretty mischievous. You've been very consistent all year, Paul, in liking this horse. Yeah, and, and, and I haven't written on my PPs fast enough, question mark. Obviously, a, a 96 top, uh, you know, it may be that she's not quite fast enough, but I am pretty sure a closer is going to win this race. And I don't want to rain on your parade, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to be Clarier. Uh, Nest was running so well that she's since been retired. Uh, and the last race, she would be the first progeny of Curl and Eva not to like an off track. So, you know, look, I like her as a horse. I will never speak ill of a daughter of Curlin, but um, I, I just don't think in this race she's the right closer. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to hope that Pretty Mischievous is fast enough. It's been very consistent, as you point out, Howard. Uh, won the Oaks, ran very well. Uh, got caught in the fairground Oaks, but that's the race that they decided to put the uh, uh, blinkers on after that. And she's been a different horse since then. Brendan Walsh, Tyler, um, and I like the price. And Pete, you like her too. So again, that's the great thing about this show. And everyone at home, if you're new to the show, we have a lot of great new viewers and listeners this last week for sure. Uh, We don't talk before the show. I don't talk to Pete and Paul and say, who do you like? Let's just argue with each other on purpose. Sometimes we love horses together, obviously. Sometimes we don't. I am completely against pretty mischievous on the win end. Pretty mischievous on the win end. I think she can close and be a factor maybe second, probably third or fourth, in my opinion. Pete, you do agree with Paul. You're going with another closer here, the same one as Paul, for a second. Yeah, but I, I had a really hard time with this race, in all honesty, because I don't love some of the horses. I don't love Pretty Mischievous because I'm just not sure she's fast enough on the top end. She'll have to run basically her best race. She'd have to outrun 
what she did in the acorn and what she did in the Oaks by a decent amount if everyone else runs their A game. So that scares you. But again, at a price in a race where I think the speed can burn out and if the speed burns out, all hell can just break loose. And then whoever gets the trip and whoever's running hardest late can sometimes get up. So I, I don't love it. And I, I think we're going to talk about maybe this horse, Pete, at like, well, that's, that's who Paul, <laughs> I know that's who Paul has. He's, she was the last horse I added on my Paul's pick five ticket when, uh, <laughs> when we went up to, when I knew we were going up to 150, Paul. Wet paint was the last horse I added to my pick five ticket. So yeah, Pete, that's just gets to the Godolphin horse, and Paul, like by contract, has to. I like, mean, he has to. He's got, no, he's got no. He's got no other thing to do. The race is falling apart. Remember, good. Horse, wet paint was was way ahead of uh, pretty mischievous in the eyes of most people going into the uh, spring. So yeah, uh, this horse will be running late again. I don't know if she's fast enough. It has how the your famous reverse trikey. It has all written over her. I, I I agree with that. My thing with pretty mischievous, and we need to give our opinions so that people can compare my opinions to your opinions, etc. The three-year-old distance fillies, just in general, is, I, I don't think they're that good. I mean, yep, if she was that good, she runs on ceiling crusher. Now you could say, okay, it was it was a sloppy track. No, that, yeah, that was crusher got loose. I get it, but. Uh, Paul, that's a horse. That's a race she's supposed to win. So she can't go by ceiling crusher, and now she's going to beat even better older fillies. I just maybe I'm wrong about pre mis, uh, uh, mischievous. I just I don't think she's good enough. I like the horse a lot. I just don't think she's good enough. Now let's talk quickly about the four and five. We're going to move on, guys. Idiomatic. I don't know what kind of trip she's going to get. I am fully convinced, guys. Fully, and we all like this horse. This is the best horse in the race. Does that mean she's going to win? Of course not. To me. I don't think she has to have the lead. Three back in the Delaware in the Dell Cap, not a great field. She did stumble and close. I see no reason why this horse can't close a little bit off it. This is the best horse. I'm using her all over the place. I am last comment I'm gonna make, guys, and then we'll move on unless you have a comment. I am so against the Dare Manor in this race, I can't even begin to tell you. Mike in the chat, Mike Carmoli, a Dare Manor has been running in small fields. Forget the small fields, although Mike, you are correct. Look who she's been facing. These West Coast older and Phillies and Mares, she's been beating Desert Dawn, Kirstenbosch, Bellamore, and it's been slow paces on the lead against not very good horses. If a Dare Manor wins this race, guys, this will be as wrong as I will be the entire weekend. I mean, I dislike this horse completely. I think she's got no shot. She's like an extreme backup seahorse for me. Final thoughts from you two. I agree. I agree with the dare okay, man. I agree on a dare manner. And hey, I, we agree on something. All right. Yeah, you're, I, half, you're going to be exactly half right in the race. Wrong about Clarier and right about a dare manner. Congratulations. I don't, I don't all like right, all this Clarier slander, Paul, by the way. I'm just not. I'm just yeah, not yeah, into this easy, here in her last race. You know, really? You don't, don't hear know. me bad mouthing Cody's wish, you know, beating up on bums in the Vosberg. You know, we don't hear about yeah, that. I mean, no one on no. this show is trying to beat Cody's <laughs> wish with their pit. Oh, oh okay. wait, maybe. Well, anyway, maybe, maybe we are. <laughs> All right. No, I'm not trying to be Cody's wish. I want Cody's wish to win the damn thing. I just have to give my handicapping it then. All right, guys, race eight. Uh, we are, uh, this is the penultimate race before the classic, and we're going to be bringing on some special guests here. So, guys, we'll take about 10 minutes through uh, this race. Our wonderful friend, the host of Bet and Booze in Kyle Roscoe, who is a, you know, a little younger in age and he's, you know, early to mid 20s, oh, really? thinks that this r- race 
is literally the best race he's ever seen. Now, if you're 24, 25 years old, it's hard for me to argue that. This is one of the best groups of Euros we have ever seen in this race. This race is going to be something else. Wow. The Longines Breeders' Cup turf, of course, it's grade one. This is $4 million. It's a field of 13. And there are some seriously talented Euros and one extremely talented U.S. horse that I know someone on this panel likes for sure. The more line favorite here is the number nine, Mustadoff, for Gosden and Jim Crowley, who's been off for a while. Let's see who we're going in race eight. Here it is coming up on the screen. And we are, two of us are going with Augusta Rodan. And Pete, we're going to let you go first. You're going to try to represent the U.S. contingent. You've liked this horse for a long time. And what is there not to like? Up to the mark, Pletcher and Irad. Yeah, you know I love this horse, and again, I love I love closers coming off the pace, and and I think with, with up to the mark, we we were thinking of how great he was before he had the you know he had some injury troubles, he was off for a while. With before that, we were talking about hey, this is one of the you know this is almost potentially could he be like a bricks and mortar type U.S. horse who when he gets to the Breeders' Cup can actually challenge the top Euros that come over. Then he was gone for a while. We missed him. We didn't know. You know, you didn't know if he was going to come back. Then he comes back, going a mile, maybe not what he really wanted to do. He likes a little bit more distance off that layoff. And he runs down Master of the Seas in a thrilling, fantastic race, as we'll as we'll see on the screen here. So as you could see, yeah, he is what the, the five on the, the outside five. coming. Here he comes. He's right here. Right here. Now, Pete, I was watching, I was at Keelan. I'm like, he's not going to win this race. I mean, look at the athleticism, right? I mean, not only the athleticism, Pete, this ride, Pete and Paul, where he follows Master of the Seas and like just, you know, streamlines behind him. This is a world class ride. I could not believe that up to the mark got there. Here's Master of the Seas, who's not exactly a bum, runs this horse down off the layoff. This is. Pete, this is super impressive. I mean, this was unbelievable. I mean, I remember just screaming at the TV, watching <laughs> watching him go by because just from where he was and you just didn't expect the sharpness and then to run the yeah. way he did and Jose gave him a fantastic ride. Now we, unfortunately, he gets a jockey downgrade to Irad. Oh no, actually, that's actually <laughs> an upgrade on, especially with a horse coming off the pace. So I, I think... I think if you're going to get a price on a horse that we think could be great and just maybe forgot about, and we get a little bit, obviously we all love the euros that come over and they, they generally dominate this race, but that doesn't mean that they have to. And I'll take a price on up to the mark to find out. Again, as of right now, trading an eight to one overseas, that is very, uh, Davy Lane, line one, Davy Lane. Right, Pete, you should give him a call. Or text I mean, him. I really uh, should, right? Yeah, right? that's I mean, unbelievable. I don't. What, 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 what a price is up to the mark going off at though? Post. I mean, I don't think he's going to go that that much lower. I think five, six, six. What do you think? No, no. no I, I think. Well, I, I think I everyone say, loves. I, everyone I, I loves the Euros. Oh, you think? Because everybody, everybody I listen to loves the Euros, and they're going to bet the. The, the, yeah, at least the top two. Remember, he's the only U.S. horse who has a chance in this race. Four to yeah. one, Pete. Put it, everyone. Put in the chat. Put in the live chat. What are the post time odds for up to the mark? He's five to one morning line. I say four, Pete. You say more like what six or eight? You say uh, I, I, I like the morning line. I think he's going to hover five right around six. that. Oh, yeah. what do you think? I say four to one. Nine to two tops. Okay, 
and I take them in any of them. I don't care. I'm taking, right. I mean, the win's a win. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking for value in a race where I got the winner and I know the other horses that I think have the best shot to win might be lower. Horsey Dave. Yes. Get smoking is scratch. That does take a lot of speed out of the race. Balladeer will have the lead, the 12. I have, I don't think he's got a chance to wire the field, but that does take some speed out of the race actually. So I thought there could be a pace meltdown, but it's not, it, it doesn't look like it's going to, be that way. Pete, I'm going to let you no. make one more comment on this horse, then I'm going to go to Paul. Never been the mile and a half. Your thoughts? Yeah, that's always a concern, but the way he runs and the power that he finishes his races with, I'm going to I'm going to take the shot based on his breeding that I think he can get it. But again, you never know until they do it, so yep. it's always a question. Yep. Paul, the astute handicapper that you are, of course, we have the same three in the same order. Uh, well, yep, that's right. Uh, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first here because I'm going to take us. I'm going to put us full screen guys. This is my play of the weekend. Oh boy. This is my yeah. most likely winner of the entire weekend based on the <laughs> That's back. You got mad interested. Wait, 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 what? <laughs> Augusta Rodan based on the odds is my best play of the weekend. I'm not saying Augusta Rodan is the most likely winner of the weekend. I'm saying based on the odds that he's going to uh, be yeah, five to two, three to one. I love Augusta Rodan. This is Matt. I'll say right now in front of everyone. If I'm having a good day in the BCBC, this could be an all in play for me. And I know it's a little bit risky you guys, because there's other really nice horses in this race, but that's exactly why. Cause I'm going to get the value I want. And I have slight knocks against some of the other euros. And I just don't think up to the mark is that good at a mile at a mile and a half. I could be wrong. Uh, Matt, you look like you want to say something. Just tone it down. I, you've got me convinced, and I don't need everyone else playing it too. Okay, all right. Shh. No Matt, Matt, don't do it, Max. Save to make, move on to the next race. Don't do it. The, I also the like guys, Italian, so there. Listen, it, I love what Aiden had to say. I've watched literally the last four or five replays from start to finish. This is not a plotter. This is not someone that's going to be coming from twenty back. This is a horse that breaks well. Aiden is not stupid. Ryan Moore knows this horse. They're going to put this horse, you know, three or four lengths back in a comfortable spot. Let Balladeer go. He'll be in the second flight. He's going to get first run on most of the off guys. He's better than Ernesto. I personally think he's better than up to the mark. Who's going to have to launch from a little bit further back. I think Augusta Rodan, Matt Miller gets first run. And I don't, we don't know for sure, but this horse has been training great. He's going to love the firm turf. He's an improving three-year-old. He's a dual classic winner. He basically won the Kentucky Derby and the Belmont or Preakness of the you know, European racing scene. I love, love Augusta Rodan. And if this horse is five to two, I will be licking my chops. And Matt Miller, if I'm out of the BCBC, you can guarantee a big win bet and double is coming, whether I'm in the contest or not with Augusta Rodan. Paul, you've got this horse on top also. So, so for those people who aren't Howard whisperers and who don't understand the keywords he uses, he just used about every keyword that I know for bet the shit out of this horse. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm going to leave you alone. I, I do. I do. I want to think, Paul, we got to watch him in the post parade. He, he's gotten a little hot before he's, you know, he's a three-year-old. It's a new scenery. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna watch the the, the pre-race routine very quickly. I'm gonna see how he's in the paddock. But anyway, I love this horse. Go ahead, Paul. I like him. Uh, I, although I do think most of Doth is formidable. Um, yeah, uh, and, and I think up to the mark is formidable. 
but I do like him. Uh, I was kind of sold when uh, Aiden said, quote, he's a really serious racehorse. <laughs> yeah, that was, Aiden O'Brien said that. <laughs> That's, uh, that kind of made my decision. Uh, eight European three-year-olds have won this race. Uh, this is a race that you, if you're a three-year-old Euro, you can win. Only two U.S. and none in the last 25 years, and I don't think there's any in here. Um, and if you want a stat, Pete, I know you're the stat guy. Anyone who is inclined to bet well like Goddess against the boys, and she loves a mile and a half, six-year-olds and up are 0 for 53 in this race. So uh, player underneath, but tread, your, uh, tread lightly on top. Uh, Ernesto is is worthy of note, Howard. Horses yep. that don't win the arc but run in the arc historically have done very well in the Breeders' Cup class. Yeah. Better than arc winners. Arc yep. also runs and runners up. Uh, and the other thing is the favorite is only three for 21 in the last 21 years. So, so then. Well, then let's just hope Augusta Ordan's not the favorite. <laughs> yeah, well, um, we know for most of them. I think I think he will be. I, I want him to comment and list it off that we'll talk about King of Steel and then we're going to move on, guys. Um Davy Lane on our show mentioned that Musadoff maybe wasn't intended for this race all along. He hasn't raced since October, and he's already they, his stud fee is already like taken care of, like they know where they're gonna go with him. Watch our our international preview uh show. Davy Lane talked about this horse. This horse can win. But there's a few things that you might want to think about. Yeah. So I'm just going to throw it out there. Well, uh, one thing King is thought for Champions Day, but the track, they didn't like the track, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't right. like veering from the plan. Right. I was going to run in that race exactly a few weeks ago, but the track was, it was Speaking very of Champions Day. <laughs> King of Steel is a very good horse. Coming back in two weeks, Pete, this is a very tough ask. You've got this horse in third. I have a lot of respect for this horse. It is tough to come back in two weeks. This is a huge horse. I cannot wait to see this horse in the paddock in the flesh. This is an absolutely huge horse for Ammo Racing USA, by the way, which is almost a negative to me because they're like, they're American connections. They're like, why not? The horse is feeling good. That's sort of why I don't like the horse a little bit, too. Yeah, but I mean, you know, horses can run. They used to run on two weeks and, you know, they still can when they when they really want to. And he's a big strapping son of a gun. So get him out there and let him run. And and you got Frankie up again. And this horse has been knocking heads with August Rodin and, and hasn't been able to get the best. But that doesn't mean that he can't he can't hit the board and won't have a shot to win if if he gets the clean trip, likes the track. He's improving. If you just look from a time form standpoint, those last four are getting a little bit better, a little bit better. The company's, company's fantastic, has gone the mile and a half, has hit the hey, board in every race. So there Pete, you go. Do you have the conversion right there from kilos to pounds? <laughs> no. From no, on? no. I'm well, guessing he's like 1250 or 1300. Even pounds. if the pounds were up there, I wouldn't know if it was if he was big or small. So, you know, I don't well, necessarily care about the weight of the horses all that much. Race horses on average are about a thousand pounds yeah. somewhere in there. Um, so, uh, he's, he's a big horse guys. We are going to move on. It's going to be a great race. I think that's one of the races of the weekend for sure. The Breeders' Cup turf. Now we're going to be talking about the classic and we've got uh, one person in the back where we might have more coming on as well. Let me switch some banners here, guys. As I switch some banners, uh, Paul, the, oh, go ahead, Paul. I was going to say, Howard, I'm running out of time here because this ah. started 17 minutes ago, and I know you have other people coming on for the Classic. 
Yes. So might I give you my opinion quickly on the last three races? And Yes, please do so. Go ahead. Uh, I am betting Saudi Crown in the Classic. Ooh. Uh, wow. With Juan Barrio okay. as my other A. Uh, I was probably going to bet Archangelo until the foot problems and then now scratched. Uh, I like living on a dream a lot in the turf sprint. I think the Keeneland prep was very good for her, him, her, him. Uh, <laughs> They <laughs> and elite power is one of my plays of the weekend in the sprint. Okay, Paul, have a great dinner. We really appreciate you coming. See you tomorrow, on. you coming, Howard? To see you tomorrow. You'll see Peace. me tomorrow, my friend. Can't we'll be wait, texting, buddy. Have a Bye, great Matt. trip, we'll guys. Bye, you. guys. Take take care, guys. See you guys. All right, let's bring on. We're going to talk about the classic because I get ready for the classic, Pete. Here with some banner switching here. The classic had a defection of Archangelo. It's just. It's $6 million. It's the race of the day in theory. It's it feels not. a little mad to me, and I hate to say that because I don't see a horse in this race that has a chance to be horse of the year if they win. That's no, the and that, that it, never. Right? Yeah, and that's almost never. the Very rarely the case, very I should rarely. say. You know, it's funny because they took a lot of crap the Breeders' Cup and, and horse racing for having this be the third to last race, and then you look at it and go, eh. This race isn't that great. I don't even really want to, a lot of people I've seen don't even really want to bet it just because of the defections and, and the, the, the tragedies and everything else that's happening. Yeah, so it's a little disappointing, but to help yeah. us out with the breeders cup classic, our, our other show that we have here on the network, Ben and Boozen, four fantastic uh, handicappers. You do a great job. There's a ton of videos, three of them specifically on our channel. We're going to bring one of them on right now. Who's very excited to talk about the Breeders' Cup Classic. Let's bring him on from the Ohio State University and also will be making his first trip to Santa Anita this weekend. Charlie Freeman. Charlie, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. It's uh, T-minus, you know, we're not that far out. Getting picked up at uh, noon from the airport. So, you know, getting close to that time. Very excited for 80 and sunny and enjoying Cali opposed to 20 and freezing in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, we, we hear you. You know, of course, I'm in Chicago and uh, Pete's doing okay in Maryland there still, but eventually it's going to be coming his way. Uh, you see Paul's picks. He just uh, mentioned that. And Charlie, we're just going to say your picks uh, instead of putting them up on the screen. But let's go ahead and go to the Breeders' Cup Classic, guys. This is, the again, the third to last race of the day. It's race nine. It is six million dollars archangelo obviously not in this race i'm just gonna update i'm curious to see if they you know they still have him in there okay uh archangelo not in this race it's gonna be a field of 12 the morning line favorite was or is arabian night and i'm sure will be arabian night uh come post time i i believe he's gonna be the favorite uh let's go to you actually p let's go to you first Pete, you and I are agreeing, and we are going with the Japanese horse. We're going Ushma Tesoro, four to one morning line. Will be lower than that because Archangelo is not in the race. Pete, what do you like about Ushma Tesoro, the winner of the Dubai World Cup this year? Well, like we always say on here, I was the one who live on the air had Ushba Tesoro to win, had the exacta, had the triple live on the air, Dubai World Cup day. So, yes, you know, you I did. like to I like to stick with the ones that made me money in the past. But beside from that stupid reason, if you just look at this horse, ever since they put this horse, took this horse off the turf and put this horse on the dirt, he's just been unbelievable. And he does it, you know, he's gone to, you know, obviously he hasn't traveled. He spent most of it in Japan, but did go to Dubai 
did was super impressive there. Can handle the distance. Look, you see a nice six for six up there with a cool 8.7 million running at this distance, running the mile and a quarter. I just think he's super sharp. And I really like the fact that he's not coming in just off the Dubai race. They got him the tightener, the September 27th race. If you watch that race, I, I doubt the field was any good. He was a super big chalk, but he got what he needed out of it. It looked like a tightener. He he rolled by. He was super impressive. He beats fields like they're, like he's supposed to when you're a quality horse. He has had some struggles in the gate, which we have seen daily. Today was supposedly a little bit better. He's a little funky. He's a little weird when he trains. He does a lot of things weird unpractice like he's like the Allen Iverson of the classic apparently you know practice isn't his game but get him on the track with the lights on and he's pretty tough to beat and nobody's beat him in a while a few quick things about Ushma that you uh touched on he is tactical he was tactical last time he's been tactical before he doesn't have to launch from far back nope. you talked about his gate issues that last race Pete was actually some decent horses there was some like grade three types in there. Yeah, decent. Homework. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know it wasn't, but it was a great prep. He did it very easily. I just think he's very likable. The only thing I don't like about this horse is the price. He's going to be second choice, I think, at, you know, three to one. He's just, and I was hoping to get like eight to one a few weeks ago. So, or yeah. 10 to one. So that's the thing. Uh, let's go to you, Charlie. Charlie Freeman on the bottom of the screen. You like a horse that I know you, I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, you go down to Gulfstream, I know, over the winter. I'm not sure if you've seen this horse in person. I'll let you talk more. But White Barrio, the three here, is a really tricky horse for me. This is one of the horses for the entire weekend, Charlie. I'm not sure what to do with it because White Barrio ran a complete hole in the wind last time in the Whitney, one by six, got like a negative six and a half on the thoroughgraph, which is a ridiculous number, a 110 buyer. I think that's the best in the field. Now has been off since then. Charlie, you are not concerned. You're going to go with White Barrio. Yeah, as I kind of touched on earlier with the Bet and Boozing guys, uh, you know, I'm not really worried. I know there were some concerns about the workout inconsistencies and the horse being off for a while, but then shows up with a 59 and four, very sharp workout showing that white Barrio at least appears physically fit and ready to go and as you touched on kind of freaked i mean obviously you know put up that 103 and 106 buyer which are nothing to you know blow over those are still very impressive for compared to most of the horses in this field and then just freaks with a 110 and you know to be sitting just off that pace which is something we've seen white Barrio do and kind of show that different tactical ability where sometimes the horse is a little farther back, sometimes right on the leaders. And in this one, uh, you know, in a little more of a reasonable, but not as quick pace as White Barrio has dealt with in the past, was able to just sit right on the leaders and then just blew by. And you look, ran against Zandog, who I'll touch on later, I think is a real shot in this race. Cody's Wish ran against some of the best horses in the world in the grade one Whitney and made it look like White Barrio was just racing, uh, you know, in a race where you'd assume this horse was even money or less with how easily White Barrio ran away uh, from the rest of this field. And I'll be honest, as someone who's been on the White Barrio bandwagon and uh, always joke around that I love my grays and I think they're you're better off betting grays. Uh, but, you know, this is a horse that I've been on the bandwagon for since the Florida Derby picked uh, White Barrio in a minor upset. But uh, I can't lie, as someone who tends to show some bias towards the horses I support, I never would have expected White Barrio to win this effortlessly. You know, it just comes, at, you know, as we're seeing now with the replay, it comes right off the turn and just flies by this field. And again, you would not, if you were just watching this race, expect that White Barrio was running against horses like Zandon, Giant Game, Charge It, and Cody's Wish without yeah, easily Cody this right won. here, by the way. Cody's right here. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, this is just, there's nothing to say. I mean, just an unbelievable effort. Although it was a little, it was a slow pace up front. I mean, you got an absolutely 
perfect trip, but I mean, you can't do it any better than that. Charlie, I got one question for you and Pete. I'd like you to address this question also. White Ibarro was transferred from Safi Joseph, who I know you're a big fan of, to Dutro. Do you uh, do you believe the improvement on White Barrio is him just maturing and getting older and better, or do you think Dutro is really the key in your opinion, Charlie? I think it's honestly a little bit of both. I mean, again, we can, I will say like you can kind of see obviously in that race race in March uh, where I believe the horse was still being trained by Safi at the time yeah. had that big step up to the 103. So at least it looked like the horse was starting to get things figured out. Um, so, I mean, look, we've seen these things before. I mean, if you look again earlier in the career to start with an 80 on debut, which is nothing bad, but obviously nothing special, and then was able to get up to that 96, 97 rating when the horse won the Derby. So we've seen White Barrio in the past be able to figure things out. And then, you know, obviously in the Kentucky Derby made me look bad when I believed in the horse and you see the 51. So certainly there's been those inconsistencies. But what I like is that constant trend where, again, I think it's more about the horse than the trainer. Uh, is the fact that you've seen Barrio have those little dips in form where you're starting to wonder, you know, is this where the horse just sort of tables out and starts to see regression? And then you see these new rises that just keep happening. And now we've seen this sort of like substantial rise to these high figures in, in the hundreds all the way up to a 110. And now you're kind of wondering, is Barrio going to take that next step forward or have that repeat? Uh, or if you're on the other side thinking maybe you see a regression again, and I'm on the side that believes White Barrio is at peak form, and I don't think the horse has quite reached the ceiling yet. I think this race could be that race. Charlie, I hate to bring this up, but I got to bring it up. But do me a favor. Don't go on a hot take for six minutes because we got things to talk about. From Kevin B. in the chat, did Charlie start the investigation in the Michigan stealing signs? 30-second reaction, Charlie. 30 seconds. No, I didn't start it, but I'm very excited for when the NCAA finishes it and the corrupt Jim Harbaugh and Michigan go crashing down. We all know it's the only reason they did anything. Um, and it's only getting worse. Kyle, who's one of our co-hosts, is starting to get a little quiet whenever I call him out about it because it went from a joke to now it doesn't look good and could be a postseason ban. And uh, apparently now they had someone at the Central Michigan game. That's pretty concerning. Right, right now. Uh, thanks a lot, Bobby. Christos in the chat said best of luck with Shards. We appreciate that. Pete, look, I I, I wasn't planning on using White Barrio at all. With the defections, after thinking about it, I can't let this horse be me. I've got him second. He's very logical. It's hard to trust a lot of horses in this race, as good as they are. I've got him uh, second. You've got him second, too. Yeah, I mean, every most of the horses in this race, you could point to a question mark. It's We, we talked about it. It's not a classic field. So you can't look at it and say, can White Barrio really win the Breeders' Cup Classic? Right, There's been other horses who have won the Breeders' Cup Classic in down years that aren't quote-unquote classic type winners. But a horse like this who's on the improve, I think Irad is, Irad's ridden him twice. He keeps him a little bit closer. He could sit. You got a horse right there, Saudi Crown. We know Arabian yeah. Knight, I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit. There's speed up there. If those two hook up, it's going to cook. And White Barrio is tactical enough to sit right behind like Charlie talked about. And if he could attack that speed, then he could hold off a horse potentially like Ushba Tesoro and some of the other off-the-pace horses that we'll probably get to in a bit. Pete, I just don't know how good the three-year-olds are. I mean, I liked Archangelo, but frankly, Archangelo was beating these horses. Arabian Knight has a, a 101 buyer top, okay? A time form top of 125 has never been... Uh, it's been the mile and a quarter, but, you know, so I guess he can get the distance, obviously. I don't understand. It's been working, by the way, like an um, like a beast. I will yeah. say that. Yeah. And I know it's Baffert. This horse is the favorite. I just don't get. I, I guess because of Baffert and Sanita. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't. Like, Saudi Crown is just as good to me. Maybe Saudi Crown can't get the distance. But 
I don't think Saudi Crown is just going to let Arabian Knight just, you know, go ahead, Bob, to take the lead and wire the field. Like, that ain't happening with Brad Cox. So it no. just feels like an older horse is going to win this race. And you mentioned Charlie Zandon on the inside. Let's not overlook Zandon, too, because uh, and a horse like Bright Future, who I don't like personally in this race, although, Pete, you know how much I've loved this horse this year and actually yeah. cashed on him a few times at prices. Let's talk about Zandon, then we're going to move on and let Charlie go. Charlie, I'll let you talk about Zandon first. Finished second to White Barrio, just won by four and a quarter. Big question for me, is he talented enough, number one? Number two, the distance might be the biggest issue for me. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, again, I, I do like the horses working forwardly. And again, something I touched on before, I just feel like whenever you look at one of these races, we always talk about Chad Brown specifically, where he always shows up in those big races and you never want to overlook him. Uh, but even just trainer aside, I mean, Zandon has always been a talented horse. I mean, you look at the resume, it's just grade twos, grade ones. Sure, you mix in a grade three, but I mean, running in, you know, the Travers, the Derby. I mean, this horse was a length away from winning the Kentucky Derby. I think people sometimes forget, and I get that Zandon's not in that form right now, but still, you see yeah. the figures are higher now, and Zandon is starting to find that groove. You know, this has been a horse where I get it. I, you know, my co-host Kyle's talked about that the horse hasn't gotten the job done with the wins, and you see in the lifetime 13 races, almost half of them have been second. But this horse is finishing second to Repo Rocks, Mind Control, Cody's Wish, White of Barrio. It's not like it's losing to some embarrassing horses epicenter. So I think Zandon, you know, finally got the monkey off its back and got that win that everybody's been kind of hating on Zandon for knocking in the job done. And, you know, I've talked about this many times when a horse is in a race where they kind of have to win. And that's what it felt like last time out was Zandon had to get that win. If, if Zandon was going to be able to take, you know, take he was going to take that next step forward into a big race like the Classic. Um, and again, I feel like if there's, a hot enough pace, which we could certainly get, you know, with Saudi Crown and Arabian Night, it could factor in well for Zandon. And I wouldn't be surprised if this horse ends up finishing strong late. And again, at the very least, could finish in the money and has consistently done so at 12 to 1. But I would say if you were looking for an upset in this race, I think Zandon is a very compelling argument. This is the great analysis you get from Charlie and everyone. Charlie, before I let you go, first of all, appreciate it, man. I really look forward to seeing you in person, especially at Santa Anita. I can't believe you're going to be out there. It's awesome. I can't Your either. top so three good. picks, Charlie, in this race for the viewers. Your top three in the Classic. Yeah, so uh, for this race, I'm going 3-8-2. So I believe that's White Abario. And then I know you already talked a lot about the Japanese horse. So I don't yep. really need to go over it. And then I just covered Zandon. Yep. So, yeah, that's my top three. Right. Okay, so Charlie's going three, eight, two, and Charlie, as you go, why don't you promote Ben and Boozen? When can people watch Ben and Boozen with yourself, uh, Patrick Kunzel, Noah Maher, and host Kyle Roscoe? When is the show? And you guys don't just talk about horse racing, also. No, correct. So yeah, we're normally every uh, Wednesday at nine p.m. Eastern, eight p.m. Central. Uh, I know we just recorded a bunch of tape shows to release. So if you do want to catch up on them, we've broke down just about everything. I mean, I don't know how if I've ever spent so much time in my life, folks. I was talking to the boss, man, spending more time on horse racing than school. So I'll tell you what, if you want strong <laughs> yes. analysis, don't tell we my did professors. It, Pete. We, we convinced them. We, we don't did. tell my professors, but we were putting in the work. But yeah, as you touched on, you know, it's not just horse racing. If you are someone who has been, you know, right now in this time of year, college football and NFL, we also cover some of the most important games there. And I also like to give my little best bets and rants at the end. So if you're looking for something to re-wake you up and you don't want to result, uh, you know, get some caffeine, just watch me and go on my brief rant. Uh, then we will be moving into uh, basketball eventually after football season's over. So yeah, if you're big basketball and football guys, um, and I also know my co-hosts are really into golf. I'm not as much, but you know, if you are into 
golf for the big tournaments. I know whenever those are on, we cover that yeah. as well. So if you're looking for that good balance after the horse racing and some good energy and, you know, some people kind of giving each other a little crap and having a fun time, we have a good time with the Benton Booze and Crew. Again, that's Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Wow. This that was fantastic. Yeah, look at that. Wow. I think that's that's a drop the mic moment. Charlie, we'll see you in California. Take care. Take Thank care, man. Good to see you, brother. All right. Wow. That was like perfect ESPN-like promo. That he, was excellent. Does Zandon have a chance to actually win the race? I think so. I mean, he's not – I mean, aside from the normal chance, I think he has a an, an average to slightly above average chance to win a race that I think doesn't have a superstar in it, doesn't have horses that are guaranteed even to run their best race. Zandon, maybe – hey, it's like anything. Maybe a horse gets a little bit of confidence. He finally crossed the wire first. Maybe he got a taste for it. He's never been my horse. I, you know, you guys have always liked him on you and Paul have always liked Zandon a lot more than I have, but on the board, the guy's 12 for 13. He, he finds a way. So if you're getting him at double digits and you're looking for a nice try, a nice exacto, why the hell not? Okay. Let's go to the breeders. We got two races left. We're going to go through these a little bit more quickly. Breeders cup turf sprint. This is a completely difficult handicapping puzzle. It's five furlongs. At Sanita's turf course. Good luck, everyone. It's a field of 12. There's also eligibles in here. The Moyline favorite is look at these odds. I mean, it's crazy. Is the number five living in the dream who just went sub 21 in uh, his North American debut at Keeneland, losing uh, upset by the, to Tony Ann, the four in this race, who was a big price and is going to be a big price again. I know there's a lot of notorious love out there, the number 10. We're both going with Matorius. I don't know if we're going to get, <clears throat> excuse me, that five to one even, but it's such a wide open field. We may. He's just a really damn good, consistent horse who might get a great setup, Pete. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the key with anything is this race has tons and tons of fast horses up front that, again, have no other option but to get to the lead and try and win this race. So, what we're looking for based on at least my pick, I don't remember who your other, who do you have in second you have? Oh yeah. So you're, you're looking for horses coming off as well. So you're yes. looking at it the same way I am yeah. where we're hoping this pace just heats the hell up up front. There's plenty of speed and there's fast, fast horses and motorious. I mean, he's five for five in the money at the track four for four at the distance. He's gone. He's one to go in, go in the five furlong. So that's not necessarily a concern. He can run sharp off a layoff, which, you know, it's not a big layoff by any stretch, but just a touch over the normal. He can run off that D'Amato in, in California. He's got picking up Pratt again. I think a lot of things just follow this horse and he's on the uptick. I mean, those last three races were, were basically his three best races from a figure standpoint. He chased down almost no balls last time when no balls had a, a pace advantage and Motorious was a little too far back. And now I think there's a hell of a lot more pace up front. Yeah, I don't think they add. I think Motorious is, is really good. And, and the horse that I have second is one of my long shots of the weekend. And most people that watch this show know that I do not like turf sprints in general. It's just a lot of crazy stuff happens. It's just hard to predict. Roses for Deborah, complete toss out last time, guys. That, that was a, a total bog and a prep. She didn't like it at all. People are going to look at Big Invasion more, who I like also too, but I don't like the one hole at all. She fits numbers-wise, and I think Irad's going to put this very talented filly in a great position. I think actually the five is going to work very well for her if she gets the right trip. 
I don't think she's that far off Matorius. I don't know if she can win. She's definitely going to be a tri- reverse tri-key play for me underneath Pete. I think Rose Redebra is a fascinating uh, price horse in this race. There's so much damn speed. Paul's got living in the dream, and I get it. That was wind-aided. I just want to mention to everyone that was wind-aided last time. Okay, you're saying, Howard, it's still 20.97. I get it. There was like a 20-mile-per-hour wind with them, and uh, he faded, but he's really a complete need-the-lead type, and even when he goes five furlongs, Pete, he doesn't always get the job done, and there's like three or four that have to go. I'm against him uh, on Saturday, recognizing that I guess if he gets loose, he can win. I just don't think he's getting loose. Yeah, but you could say that. I mean, if he gets loose, he could win there. But there's no way a horse like No Balls isn't going no. to the lead. He's got no other shot. Jasper Crone outside, who's Very outside fast. of this horse, is super fast as yeah. well. And then there's other, I mean, it's a it's a turf sprint, so we're not saying a lot by saying there's some speed in it, but there's real, there's real honest to God speed in this race. And again, if he can, if living the dream can get out and get on the lead and go and take this field the route, more power to him i'll have him on some tickets so it's not like he's i'm gonna be dead if he does that but it's got to set up for a closer and here's my my second choice go ahead we we i like this horse a lot when he lost to caravan on the jiper but that was six this is uh a tough call for me because i love the horse and i love the connections i just hate the rail i'm not sure five is what he's gonna be best at but he's very talented Hey, but at five, five and a half, he's six for nine, eight for nine in the top two, five, five and a half. He's got his his lifetime buyer top came at five and a half. This is a little bit shorter, but still he he could show that he could do that. And maybe with some of these horses, the shorter you go, even a little bit shorter is enough for them to really unwind that late kick. They don't use as much they can, but he can unwind that late kick. The one is a concern, didn't love the post. He can get hung up. It's a big field, but I like the horse, and if you can get anywhere near, and I got a lot of Rosario closers though on this card that I'm noticing. Uh, I'm not sure that's the best thing. Maybe he'll he'll recapture his old his old form and his old mind. But again, why do I visions Tuesday night of Pete going on total rants that Rosario can't ride anymore? Yeah, F and Rosario, bad ride. F this, give yeah. Him. Oh I, boy, I, I have visions, Pete. Sorry, I, I, hope I, I'm could, wrong I could see that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that for sure. Yes, but. I think, though, and that was maybe one of the reasons why I went with Motorius, because I might have went yeah. with Big Invasion if he was just outside a little bit further. But I really love his shot. Shoot, when I get to the pick five, I went too deep in our pick five in this race. I'm going all or nothing with the two, I think, are the all two right. best closers in the race. I like it. And Caraval returning champ is in here. I don't, I'm not sure she's the same, but I mean, she runs a big race. Would anyone be surprised? No, it's a it's a tough race. Yeah, we're at the race. last race. Last race. This is going to be the closeout of the BCBC contest. It's going to be the closeout of the pick six, pick five, closeout of everything. It, it is going to be on, uh, I think, Peacock or some NB. It's actually on TVG. It's on, sorry, it's on FanDuel is what it's on, as was the race we just talked about. Let's go ahead and bring it up. It's the Breeders' Cup Sprint to close out the 2023 Breeders' Cup. Of course, it's grade one. You got a field of nine, and there's three horses in here. Well, it's really a four-horse race, most likely, but two horses are going to lock it up again with Elite Power versus Gunite on the Botham Drew outside, which I thought was pretty interesting. Let's bring up our picks for the very last race of the day. I'm going nine, eight, seven. Pete is going seven, eight, nine. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And Paul is not using Speedwell Beach at all. He's got Dr. Shivel in there for a third. Pete, you're going to go with the uh, speed, literally, of Speedwell Beach. Baffert 
and Smith just go to the lead and wire the field. He's probably the fastest early in this race as long as he breaks. That's it. You said everything right there. I hope he uh, he's he was off for what was that nine plus months going into that last race and oddly had been running on the turf after breaking the track record with a 104 buyer in his debut on the dirt was always a bit of a curious route he's taken. I think now he's back doing what he's supposed to be doing. He got that tightener in was awesome. I mean, Dr. Shival's an excellent horse. But this horse was able to get out, sat off a little bit, wasn't the best pace, just couldn't get the job done. But it's again, it's a nine plus month layoff. So I, I'm not too concerned with that. I assume Baffert's going to have this horse and by the by the works, you could see it. He's going to have this horse sharp, ready to go. He's on the outside so he can gun. I don't think there's anybody close to fast enough to go with him. He's going to get on the lead and elite power and gun night are going to have to come and get him and we'll see if they can. Speedball Beach on the outside didn't have the lead. Actually, sort of was was ridden not as aggressively. He's gonna be ridden a lot more aggressively. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, it was. It was definitely an odd. I mean, just watching it, you're going, "What are they doing with this horse? Are they trying to to try rating? Are they trying to do something a little bit different? Who knows? The track was a little bit was wet, as you could see them slopping around in it. Now you're gonna get this horse a lightning fast track. I assume it's gonna be souped up. He's gonna go straight to the lead. I like that Espinosa. So we talk about the ride and the trip. Espinosa is not the favorite of many, not the favorite of mine. I'm not a Mike Smith guy either, but Mike Smith knows how to just get a horse, get him on the lead and win a race. So he doesn't have to yeah. do too much. Just let him go and let him run. Yeah. No, nah, he's not messing around. And, and, and you have to believe Speedwell Beach is going to be better on Saturday than he was in that last start. Pete, I, you know, I had a tough time with this race. I know I should probably Great take race, elite man. power. I know I should probably take elite power. I, I we've talked about this horse a lot. Uh, I haven't disrespected this horse. I just wasn't sure how good he was. He's been great. He was great last time, even when he lost. You know what though? Gunnites can be lost in the betting again. I feel, and I just don't know why people don't like this horse. I know elite power is they've been trading blows. To me, Gunnite sits an absolutely perfect trip. Pete now. Is he going to be good enough? He's going to like Santa Anita. I mean, there's questions, of course. If he breaks well, he's sitting right off of Speedboat Beach in theory, and he's going to get first run on Elite Power. Now, yep. can he go by Speedboat Beach and hold off Elite Power and beat Dr. Chival? I don't know, but I've just been a, a Gunite fan all along. That last race makes me like Gunite even more. And we talked about the last race. He's not a two turn horse piece, uh, Pete. That I don't. I'm not worried about the slight regression. This is a one-turn horse. He's probably even better at six than seven. I just think Gunite is very logical, very likable. And I'm going to go with Tyler G to close out the day at San Anita. Yeah, I have nothing. No, I have no, you know, I usually like to poo-poo a little bit. I have no yeah, poo-pooing on this race. No, I, I, I think he, everything you said, I, it's fun. I really like when the three best horses uh, in theory in the race yeah. are on the three different levels of the race too. Like the best yep. horse is the, uh, the speed. We yep. got the we got the stalker and then we got the closer. So it's going to hook up and you're going to say, all right, can Gunite, like you said, can he attack Speedboat Beach? When he does, does he look over his shoulder and say, oh, shoot, here comes the big boy on the outside to see if he can run him down again like he did, what was that, three back? And then we saw what he did in the forego, though. He was able to kick away and he made Elite Power have too much to do and he couldn't get there. So why not? I, can, I think anything can happen. Chosen Ron's getting slept on. Just show his PPs. I mean, his He's PPs nice are beautiful. Yeah, I mean, they're beautiful. 
if you own this horse, look at that. That's phenomenal. Yeah, There's, he's not. I don't think he classes up, but he's a nice. No, I don't. I don't think so either. Yeah, although they didn't think he would class up in the Bing Crosby. That feels not as good as this, but I mean, he he at least showed that he can run at a at a graded stakes level against high quality horses. I want to push back on the maiden folks' comment. I don't think Gunnite's going to like duel with Speedwell Beach. I don't think he needs to. I think he'll just sit a half length. He'll sit a length off. He'll be on his butt. He won't be like head to head with him. I don't think. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I don't think, I think his I game fight. is better doing that. I think he's at his best yeah. doing that. Yes. I don't Just think, and, and I don't think you want, if he runs with speedboat beach, I think it could kill them both. Why not sit yeah. off and try and run your best style as opposed to killing yourself. Then you're just giving the race to elite power. No. And you know, what's funny is Dr. Shivel could just be sitting there on the inside oh, of the he's- pocket. An with awesome horse. It might like might like get through up the inside and win. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I've shivel as a B as in boy. I, I think it's a four horse race. I don't really see anyone else winning. Pete, let's go to our uh pick fives as we end the show. Now, let me just show Pete our pick five is the late pick five. Just let everyone know the one that goes races uh seven through eleven. So what we're showing is the late pick five, seven through eleven, and then we're gonna go because Pete, I'm getting on a plane and like some ridiculous to like you know, tw- eleven hours, and I got I've got eight hours of work to do before I yeah, go. Yeah, and, and I got power pick work to do. I got to tighten up those on. power picks. Let's do All it. All right. So I just want to show. Here's Paul's pick five. He's not here to defend himself, but you can see on the screen three four two five eight nine eleven with three six twelve with three five eight ten with eight nine. It's a hundred and twenty dollar ticket. Pete, let's go to you. You're going. I gave everyone a one fifty. Got to bump it up for the Breeders' Cup. Pete's Breeders going Cup. three four seven nine with five eight nine eleven with three eight twelve with one ten with seven eight nine. Pete, your quick thoughts? Yeah, I mean, in the I'll, I'll talk about the first one. We, we talked about it a little bit in the in the distaff is is kicking it off, and I'm going with a bunch of closers and then one speed horse idiomatico I just think is the best horse in the race. And if anybody can, can buck the trend of, Hey, this is going to heat up and, and gun die. I think idiomatic can do it in the turf. I'm just, I think there's four horses who could win the turf. I'm taking all four of them. That, that's very simple. Simple as that third leg is, is which one? Oh, the classic, the classic. I have no friggin' idea, but you know, I like Usper Tesoro. We talked about white Abario. And I'm taking a shot with Arabian Knight, who's training like a monster. And if he just gets on the lead and and clears Saudi Crown, why not? I don't want to. I don't want to be pissed when that horse wins the race. Then in the in the turf sprint, I'm taking my top two. Big Invasion, Motorious. We're going to look for a, a hot pace, and we're going to see if I can get one of those two closers home. And then in the last race, just like we talked about, why why screw around? I'm taking the three most logical horses. And then I'm not going to care which one of them from which level wins the race. And then Dr. Shivel wins and I get pissed exactly. off and throw the ticket away. Exactly. I'm just going to say, let's just hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> Dr. Shivel, I should say. I called him Shivel. I, I, I never know which one. Yeah. Uh, here's my ticket for 120. I'm going four, six, eight, nine with five, with two, three, eight, 12, with one, five, seven, nine, 10, with seven, eight, nine. Um, my general opinion is the distaff's a pretty difficult race. Augusta Rodin, I, listen, I'm going to put my money in my mouth. Is I just love that he's not going to be, you know, six to five. He's going to be a soft favorite, and I just love everything about him. I know I need the trip and blah blah blah. I get it. Um, I'm going to spread a little bit in the classic. I'm using Xander. I just don't trust a lot of horses in that race speed. I got to go. 
deep there. And I have to go deep in a turf sprint. You know me. Who yeah. knows what's going to happen there? I'm throwing big invasion. As you can see, both Clements and some speeds and closers. No balls we didn't talk about much. He's very fast also. Wouldn't shock me there. And then I'm going, same as you, <laughs> oh boy. Seven, eight, nine in the sprint, hoping Dr. Scheibel doesn't stuff us into a locker. Pete, this has just been an unbelievable you know, week plus of shows here on the HHH Racing Podcast. And I cannot, again, thank everyone, all the viewers, all the listeners, all the fans. The growth of this show has been amazing for almost three years, especially during these big times. Please spread the word on the HHH Racing Podcast. Follow us on on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere else. Pete, final thoughts, and then I'll close the show. Yeah, I'll say for every, we, we get big numbers during the Breeders' Cup, but we're here every week, multiple times a week, the whole year for, for, for every track, every big race, every, you know, when you get to Triple Crown, but we're here in between. So if you're if you're watching now, definitely subscribe. And the last thing I'll say, I don't have to say anything else against the Breeders' Cup. I want to wish you and Paul and Matt and all the friends of the of the, the show and all my friends the best of luck in the BCBC bring it home. Hopefully all you guys finish, you know, one, two, three, four, five, however many are you six finish all in the top, bring home the money, have a great time regardless of how I'm sure you'll have a great time regardless of if you zero out, you lose your bets. You'll be hanging with a bunch of great guys. You'll be drinking some beers, drinking some cocktails. So it's going to be fantastic in sunny California. So good luck. Have a great time. I'm, I'm happy you guys are going to be there and you're going to be in the winner's circle for a Breeders' Cup race. Does it get any better than that? Man, Pete, that would be insane. Well, we're going to miss you out there. The whole podcast is going to be out there, except Pete, he's got family obligations and just was in California a few weeks ago. But Pete, yeah. we're going to be thinking about you. And uh, again, it's going to be fantastic. Safe travels, everyone out there. We got to go. I got to do work and get some sleep if possible. Pete, you got some work to do. All I can say as we end the show is thank you very much for watching. Crush your bets at the 2023 Breeders' Cup. Go Shards! Good night, everyone. Good night. Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country.